Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, guys, welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101. Now, before I even introduce these guests and let them go off on a tangent, because uh, I have a working relationship with each of them, and uh, and I know how this is going to go, and it's going to get away from me, I promise. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give a thank you to our friends over at Garmin. Um, I have been using the Garmin Instinct now for about four years. Absolutely fell in love with that watch. Uh, got it on my first kind of out Western hunt and uh, and needed a GPS watch. So I, I got the Instinct, fell in love with it. Uh, also quickly realized I needed an in-reach so I could reach back out to family uh, and just stay in, stay in touch with them while I, was, while I was there. So those are the two products I really love uh, from Garmin. But they also have a ton of other wearables and a ton of GPS uh, trackers. So go check out all of Garmin's products. Now, we have with us uh, some of my very good friends. Um, we have the Way TV with us. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. Doing great. Oh, Gabe had to one-up the other two. One and up. Great. I am actually doing stupendous. <laughs> I was waiting for my intro right there at the beginning. I was like, I'm going to hold it out and then really come into the good one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, it's no... Um, it's no secret that this is my my crew. These are the guys I run with. Um, I am part of the Way TV as well, and that's kind of how. Um, and, and I'll get into that in the episode, but that's how I met Bear Archery and, and started. That was my initial role with Bear Archery was this just them sponsoring my TV show, and uh, just really fell in love with the guys. And so, again, we'll get into that further down the road. But give me an introduction to each of yourselves individually, starting with Nathaniel. Okay. Well, I'm Nate. Um, I am the editor of The Way. Hi, Nate. Um, hi. Um, hi, Nate. We are happy to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for the season. Um, excited to uh, see uh, what we can bring to the audience. Um, hopefully, we can incorporate some new, uh, new looks, new feels to uh, our show. Um, so, yeah, ready to go. Now, Nate, I haven't seen you in a bit. Are you still rocking the handlebar mustache? See, um, I got rid of it. I got tired of getting soup and cereal on it. Um, oh. <laughs> so you went it, into that like, so what had happened was <laughs> my girlfriend didn't like it. <laughs> do you That's still have the mullet? I do still have the mullet. It's currently okay. around probably, I don't know. Almost ten inches long now, maybe. No way. He says almost. You so, know he measures so are, it daily. Are, are we measuring? <laughs> are we measuring from the neckline down, or where are we measuring from? Well, okay, so maybe not ten inches from the neckline down, but. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I'm still I'm still rocking the mullet, you know. Um, it's going pretty strong. That's awesome, man. Gabe, yeah, I condition it every day. Gabe, I know. How's, how's the hairline going for you? I mean, is it still still staying strong there up at the front of the forehead? Uh, no, it's starting to thin out a little bit. Has your, has your hairline took a beeline towards your behind? Is that what? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> now, before guys listen, I told you this would get away from me rather quickly, and uh, look at that. Three minutes in, and it's already um, it's already gone, Gabe. I know you've been on the show before, man, but tell us about yourself. Yeah, man. So just doing what we love to do the most, and that's hunt. You know, we guide here in Missouri all the time, and right now it's just it's an ice storm going on down here in the Ozarks, but we're uh, 
just dreaming of springtime, man, getting ready for that spring turkey. Uh, he's actually talking to the guys over at American Hunt, and we're planning up a an opening day turkey hunt in Arkansas. So we're just constantly thinking about hunting down here. Nice. American Hunt. Um, we have a, a duck hunt plan with those guys coming up soon. We're going to head down there and uh, trying to get – Trying to get our friends, uh, trying to get Alec to come with us, trying to get our friends from uh, Nexus or Scentlock to come with us, and uh, and then trying to get some guys from Pope and Young to come with us and just put put together a big group duck hunt. And that's just going to be a blast. I'm excited about that. I don't think they want to miss that, dude, because I'm pretty sure I heard that's a conservation hunt. It is. Like yep. um, unlimited everything. I mean, no now, club the shotgun so that's gonna be a time right there that's gonna be awesome now my boss uh my boss at pope and young uh the executive director there um he used to work for ducks unlimited and he works for a bow hunting organization but his heart is with duck hunting and so i said uh i said hey man uh here's an opportunity you want to go to stuckart with me and he was like dude it's all i need to know um he was all in so it's gonna be a blast but uh yeah those guys at american hunt they do it up right and now now i think i think we're gonna drive to to northwest arkansas get on a private jet and fly to stuckart yeah that's gonna be really tough on me to do that we're gonna be really <laughs> suffering on this trip that will sure beat last year's trip when we made we typed in the address and it happened to be a location in a town that was five hours away from our final destination so we drove the wrong direction for five hours but if we, we would have had a garmin we'd have never done that never in a million years <laughs> we have done that grant tell me about yourself well, I, I'd like to think that uh, I'm the oldest and uh, wisest in this group. <laughs> no, I've definitely not. Never take myself too seriously. And <laughs> just uh, uh, enjoy so much what we're able to do here and and uh, being in the outdoors and just some of the things that have just opened up for us. Just unbelievable. Feel completely and totally blessed and and uh, love doing it with these guys. These are some of my best friends and and uh, just enjoy the walk, man. Now that's one thing that I want to make note. And, and I try to always tell my guests what I appreciate about them. And, uh, and there's not much I can find about you three that I appreciate, but (laughs) (laughs) I can say, I can say that there's never a dull moment. That is true. It's always a good time. Now, uh, we were, we were recently planning our next hunt and, uh, hopefully it's, it's there at Hill Creek with Gabe and them. Um, and we were planning our next hunt and, uh, we were trying to get Alec involved. And I'm just like, dude, he, he's already been stuck with us for a week. You know he's out on this deal. Um, but, no, that is what I appreciate about about uh, running around with you guys is that it's always a good time. We don't take anything too serious. And, you know, sometimes maybe that's probably why we don't harvest anything. But um, <laughs> no. Speak for yourself, dude. <laughs> no. Uh, I've killed more animals this year than I think we'll I have get, in my whole life. We'll get into Texas in a minute. Don't <laughs> we'll get into Texas. Uh, we'll put it this way. Long story short, Grant came home with no arrows in his quiver from Texas. Um, and so, uh, no, but that is what I love about about hunting with you guys and just hanging around with you guys. Um, now, let's run through. Let's let's just run through since I do have three of you, and uh, I don't want to take up all of the time. Uh, let's run through top highlight for your 2020 season. Uh, what was your, your top hunt? Your top highlight? Um, we can't mention Texas because that was 2021. No, right. Um, but I know it'll be in my discussion for 2021 because that was an absolute blast. But uh, started off again, Nate. Started off, Nate. What was top highlight 2020? All right, I think my highlight of 2020 was probably my Western Kansas pronghorn hunt. Oh, you're you're two for two, aren't you? Two years in a row. Uh, yeah, we can say that. That's now that's something. Two for three. Two for three. That's impressive because the success rate. In Western Kansas, for antelope, and and listen, I autom- I know I'll get emails saying I'm wrong, but I think it's somewhere under ten percent. Really, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's well, around ten to twelve. Let's put it this way, boys. Check it out. So we've I've lived in Kansas my whole life, grew up there, and Nate's the only guy I know that's even killed one with a bow. And I know it's yeah. fairly common, but it's really not that common. I mean, if you start searching the internet, yeah, you'll see it. But just to know somebody in Kansas that's done it let alone twice, that's a big deal. You know, western Kansas is is, is a, a sleeper state for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear guys, and, and I've talked to some guys that hunt all around the world, and they're like, man, I love coming to western Kansas, antelope, mm-hmm. uh, big mule deer, and I'm just like, man, it's a sleeper. Everybody talks about our whitetails, but western Kansas is, is a sleeper state. Yeah, we've got some stuff in the works this next year trying to get out there and 
and uh, maybe get after some of those big mule deer because I had a buddy of mine go out there um, hunt some pheasant and quail and said that he just seen some giants, giant mule deer. So uh, that definitely needs to be something we try to plan for in the next year or two. Yeah, absolutely. Gabe, 2020 highlight, what was it? Oh, man. So I'm going to say... I'm gonna say it's not not every time it's the not just when you kill, but uh, just a hunt. And you guys seen me post it on there. I was sitting in northern Missouri, man, and snow on the ground, standing beans, and I didn't kill nothing. But that was just one of those hunts that you never forget. I mean, I I had at one time eighty deer on that field that I could see, that I could see, and I never never harvested anything that night. But just seeing the amount of wildlife and how they come out and that type of weather was just a memorable thing for me, man, for sure. That's awesome. Uh, this year, uh, for me, I would say definite highlight have to be, uh, my first ever, uh, black bear and something I've always wanted to shoot for a long time. And we were able to get on a, a, a lease that has, uh, pretty high population of black bears in Southeast Oklahoma. And, you know, we totally, it was just a hundred percent, just doing it yourself, trying to go out there and make it happen. You guys earned that one too. You earned that. You worked hard for it. Oh yeah. That was a, that was a lot of tanks of gas driving back and forth, putting out baits and, <laughs> and uh, a lot of donuts. <laughs> absolutely. I've seen a picture, man, Grant, I don't know if you posted that or not, but they literally had a truck <laughs> Bed, overflowing with bread and everything else you could think of <laughs> oh yeah man we we definitely did it up right for those bears and it and it showed because there was a there did was, you ever eat any of the bait on the way to the tree well uh, i will have to say i've got to be honest when we were putting baits in the barrels and stuff that you work up an appetite you need a couple twinkies no not twinkies we didn't ever get lucky enough to get no twinkies but i did <laughs> eat some fried pies i gotta say that it, 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 it happened and they were they were, we always checked the expiration date if they were still in, dude. It was game on. I mean, we had to check and make sure it was good enough for the bears. You hey, know what listen, I mean? we went on that bear hunt in Maine, me and my wife, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I that had to be the highlight of my year too. Again, bear had been on the top of my hit list for so long, and uh, you know, I don't really know why I would get invited on these elk hunts and stuff, and I'm like, man, I'm, I just want to kill a bear, and yeah. uh, that was top on my list, and so went to Maine. And I'm telling you, dude, they would do this, and I don't know the I don't know the, the terminology, but they would dust like they would like spray a mist, yeah, around all the bait, and it was blueberry scented. Uh-huh. And so all night long, you're sitting there and you're just smell like, that. You just like want to go eat everything on that bait pile because uh, <laughs> it smelled so good. Uh-huh. Um, but that's why that was the highlight of my trip because it got to the point. You know, sometimes uh, you know, it happens night three, four, and you think this ain't gonna happen, man. Bro, you got down to the last. Two minutes. Minute. The last two minutes of shooting light before, on the last day of your hunt. And I only saw I saw one bear night four and then night five just lit up. That's I mean, so it just cool. went insane. That's how it happens. Uh, so but hard. I never got a shot until two minutes. And I was sitting there literally like check I touched my phone to make it light up mm-hmm. and look. And I looked at my phone, there was two minutes left of shooting light, and then I looked up and there was a bear. Bro, this this is exactly like you were talking about the main opener is is it opened when? Like September or something? Yeah, I think first week of September. So you were like a month ahead, and Oklahoma was October 1st. Mm-hmm. So you get kind of gave me some tips of what you've seen your guides doing. And so I was like, man, I'll just implement those. So like the week before I the opener in Oklahoma, I'm like, I'm going to run down there and just do what Dylan's guys did. So mm-hmm. soaked a bunch of rags and some maple syrup, hung them up in trees. Yep. Literally, when I got back in there to hunt, those things were just ripped to shreds. Uh, one guy in camp said he saw a bear suck that whole rag off that branch into its mouth really suck on it for a bit and then spit the rag out isn't that crazy <laughs> insane it was nuts it was some of the coolest footage which hopefully you guys will see uh nate will put it together for you guys but those big bears coming in there and they'll grab a chocolate long john walk yep. away walk up the hill eat it then come back in and <laughs> i didn't i didn't even know this never being a bear hunter just all of the vocalization and stuff that oh they my have gosh. between them it's unbelievable i think bear hunting has become such an addiction of mine oh yeah it's not one of those like one and done like it's Mm -hmm. it's something you know now i want to go and uh and start hunting all these different states for bears because it's just they're so interesting to watch Mm -hmm. and uh and i I don't remember who said it best i don't remember who said it like this but it but it really definitely stayed true for me when i when i saw them in the in the woods and stuff but for such a big animal, an animal that could kill you in a heartbeat, 
they're just so like graceful winnie the pooh like that's what you think <laughs> of like just hopping around happy scratching their back on a tree <laughs> that, i gotta be honest that's not what i thought of when I first <laughs> seen a black bear. grabbing a donut i mean just that fun like they're it's Bill, like Bill you see this side is coming out right now for yeah no, you see this big creature that that could could kill you, <laughs> and they're just sucking blueberries off a limb. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just so like peaceful no, I, and and. I get what you're saying. I thought what you were gonna say is how for the size that they are, how that they just literally they're like stealth mode Whisper major. Quiet. It's unbelievable. This bear, a several hundred pound bear, come in there, and I never even saw the bear Mm-mm. until it was right on me. And I mean. I'm literally scanning, looking everywhere, but it had a path to the bait that it had made where it would walk down trees. It would stay on top of those down trees. Then it would walk to a rock. And it was so amazing to watch that thing do that because it knew it was coming in there trying to be as quiet as possible, looking around, stopping and scanning. Then, you know, you got to hunt the wind with those things or else they'll they'll pick you off. That's for sure. Yeah, they're incredible. That's why I was thankful to have scent lock. Now, Gabe. What was your you, so you mentioned a highlight of a of a hunt where you didn't harvest an animal? Um, what was your highlight? What was your highlight harvest of twenty twenty? Uh, probably easily spring turkey, man, uh, because it wasn't as easy as it normally is. I mean, turkey hunting's never easy, but at the same time, it is, I guess, because when it happens, it happens. But this year was just not one of those years for me, man. So it was just kind of slow. Had to make several trips to Kansas and. Uh, when it finally paid off, dude, I mean, for instance, we was hunting this one piece of property and the week before I'd chased birds all over that place and none of them wanted to work. Um, so I go back a week later, set up in my blind, get, get right in the Texas wildlife blind. And I mean, sun up comes and I mean, the birds are right on top of me. And I was like, finally, finally it happened. So they flew down right in the field, man. And it just worked out perfect. And so I'd say that was probably the highlight hunt of the year, man, just because I had to work for it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know, I, I think I know what all you guys shot for 2020. Uh, run me through your setups of 2021, uh, starting with Grant. Grant, you have like eight bows for 2021 you're shooting. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> so, like, my main bow I'm going to be trying to shoot this year is going to be um, – the bear uh, whitetail legend and i've just always loved the feel of a uh, single cam bow the smoothness of the draw and uh, one thing that has always been a little bit lacking in a single cam bow is the back wall but uh, what i'm super excited about is to get my hands on the whitetail legend because it has got the most solid back wall that there has ever been on a single cam bow because it's got a draw a limb stop Mm-hmm. and uh, i'm super excited to shoot that just just love the concept behind it and it's kind of a nod to the old whitetail hunter yeah. from days gone by yeah and uh kind of nostalgic that way and i i really really excited to shoot that got that my favorite bow hands down that i've ever shot um is the divergent and, and you've had that bow for three years now i have and i've i've got actually another uh the limited edition divergent coming in too because i just that bow has been so good to me. It's such a short axle to axle bow. Now I posted inches. a picture of us shooting the other day. Yeah, and somebody commented on it and said, uh, "Little kid bow for a big old boy." Hey, that's <laughs> don't let that don't let that bow fool you. I mean, it looks a little bitty, especially in my hand. I'm six foot five, three twenty five, and it it looks tiny in my hand. But I tell you, the bow is a performing. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, long Even distances. If- even with a peep sight one inch away from the cams. <laughs> Gabe gives me a hard time about that because the, <laughs> the, the axle to axle is so short. I'm like, <laughs> and it is true. I mean, my peep sight barely, <laughs> it barely clears the top cam. But dude, I'm just telling you, I got a big enough peep where the lean doesn't affect it. And I'm just, I mean, I love it. I mean, I'm more confident with that bow than I've been with anything else. And we've hunted a lot more out of, uh, ground blinds. <laughs> Dylan can't pull it together out of that. Gabe is always hammering about that. Dude, your peep sight's going to get in your cam track. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll get into your half draw recurve in a minute. <laughs> yeah, Gabe. Got he's, got a, he's a long draw recurve shooter. 
Boys, you know I'm the quickest draw in the West. With the <laughs> yeah, KB doesn't draw back very far, that's for sure. Go yeah. ahead and tell about that, Dylan. <laughs> no, uh, we were trying to... So, so this is... <clears throat> You guys, all, all the listeners know this, that that I've began my journey into shooting a recurve and uh, really new to it. Now, I will mention that our very next episode um, does launch the traditional 101 series. So let me just tell you right now, uh, you've got more knowledge coming on the traditional 101 series um, than, than maybe you will ever get outside of it. We've got Aaron Schneider, Chris Perino, Fred Eichler, Harv Ebers, Jim Willems, Clay Hayes, um, just some really, really big names uh, coming on to to share wisdom about shooting a recurve. But uh, so that launches next week with Jim Willems talking about how to choose a bow. Uh, so make sure and tune into that. But um, anyways, I'm new to shooting a recurve, and we went down to Texas, and I brought the recurve, and uh, all these guys were shooting it, and uh, and and really just getting fired up about shooting a recurve, which I love. Absolutely, uh, they were all like, "Yeah, dude, I'm doing it too." Like, yeah, I'm 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 gonna start shooting one too, which I, I love, and that's that's part of the 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 draw to traditional archery. Isn't so that fun. the name of the game? Just getting it out there and letting people try it. So it's easy, like, and everybody's like, "Man, I want to do this." It's so it's so fun, simple. Um, anybody can enjoy it. And, and, and everybody that shot was like, yeah, I'm on board. Like, mm-hmm. let's do it. That's cool. And so, uh, but Gabe, um, <laughs> would draw the bow back about th- four inches and then shoot the arrow. No, and, no, it, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was a half, half draw. draw. It but, was 13, But the thing was, is he was like, Gabe, rip. you're just, you're just barely drawing that bow back. He's like, no, no bro, I'm, I'm fully coming. anchored. <laughs> hey, that's my instinctive shooting right there. <laughs> hey, we, we had to finally videotape Y'all are going to be laughing, but stuff's going to be dying. You just wait. <laughs> <laughs> if you get it far enough back to get any penetration. <laughs> Counts off, dude. Them, them shit broadheads. Gabe's got a Gabe's got to order a, an eighty pound recurve. So, <laughs> so when he gets it back to fourteen inches, it's forty pounds. Yeah, we're gonna start him out on some rabbits. That's thin skinned enough. I think it'll punch through. It. No, uh, but Gabe, you're gonna be shooting. You you did you did um, go with the mag riser, didn't you? I did, I did, and I got a was a grizzly coming as well. So, now, what? Uh, which which compound are you going with? Uh, Redemption Eko. With a Fred Bear throwback camo, dude, that is love the camo. That is a good looking camo, oh, man. Dude, I'm all about it, man. I I wish, man, Scentlock needs to start making all of their gear in Fred Bear camo. Yeah, <laughs> hint hint. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff is awesome, dude. dude and some of you, some of you guys that get a hold of that those bows, look on there, and there's there's a little bear that you kind of got to look for, but there's a little bear in the camo pack. That one. Yeah, it looks like that. Did you guys? Did you notice that on the yeah. on the bows that you're looking at? That's so cool, kind of just hidden in there. Yeah, it's got that traditional bear on it um, that they use in their bear, lo- the traditional bear logo. So it's awesome. Nate, what are you going to be Yo, shooting, my friend? I'm rocking the Kuma Thirty. Now, much like with Grant, you can't get that bow out of your hands. Um, it, it's a phenomenal shooting bow. Um, one of my favorite. I I think I like the Kuma Thirty better than the Status. Um, it's just a phenomenal bow, man. It, yeah. it hits my sweet spot. I love it for sure. I can, I can agree to that. Absolutely. Now, um, Nate, what, uh, what, what sights and rest and everything you run on that bow? Um, right now I'm running a trophy Ridge react trio, the adjustable three pin. Um, I, and I love it. Um, it gives me the, op, you know, the, especially, you know, I was antelope hunting. It gave me the opportunity to, you know, to dial my side out to 80 yards um, as far as rest right now, um, I'm trying to know what it is now. It's a drop uh, away. It's a sink drop MD. away. Yeah. He had the sink MD, same one that I had on my yeah. divergent. And I, and, and th- this is the first drop away I've ever used. And I, and I, that's I really, a great, I really, I really that's a great like rest, it. Isn't it. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. yeah that's a killer shit. Nate moved to a drop away and I'm moving to a whisker biscuit. You know, I think I'm going to try one too this year. I love it. I absolutely did. love it. For sure. I'm going to try one, especially that and kind of what made me, I, I'd shot one years ago, um, but we went to those micro diameter arrows and changed all our setups and stuff, you know, so I, I just kind of went with a fall away. But uh, the new whisker biscuit that they have um, this year, the way that it's, the way that it's designed, uh, I believe it's called the VMAX. 
the way that it's designed yeah. that always finds dead center bottom. Yeah. And that used to bother me because I'd, I'd think about, I overthink everything in archery yeah. and you, you have a micro diameter arrow and then you've got that larger circumference in the traditional whisker biscuit. And you're like, is that going to find the same bottom center every time, which it probably did. But with the V max now that's guaranteed because it falls yeah. into the V up to wonder it's there. So back to my draw to shooting a trad bow. Uh, I'm what I call a gear junkie, and I constantly overthink. And Hold I on, though. We got to ask you, what was your highlight for 2020? The bear hunt. I said that. What was your, other than the bear, what was your highlight? Um, other than the highlight would have been the whitetail I shot. Uh, you got to come out and help me track it. Yeah, that's um, awesome. That was the first animal I had shot with the SK2. And I knew I hit it um, a little forward, but I didn't... Uh, I knew it was a good shot. I saw mm -hmm. saw blood pumping when he ran, and I let's, was like, "Let's oh, yeah. let's walk this back just a second. Let's talk about how that that was such a cool hunt because we kind of got to experience that a little bit together because yeah. you were hunting um, a ground blind further yep. up the property. And you said, "Man, I've seen these deer kind mm -hmm. of move in this direction and walking in this spot." So we kind of got on the topographical map and looked at it on Onyx, and we figured out that there was a little secluded field back there that they were coming and staging in this one area. Yep. And so we went back out there that night after you hunted it. Like, what time? We we went and set up a tree stand or put it. We together. went to the church parking lot and put a tree stand together. At probably ten o'clock. <laughs> yeah, got those big lights there. <laughs> yeah. Got underneath it, put them together. Went out there with with lights and and straps, and you killed that deer just right after that. Now that's one thing, dude. Um, that changed my mind about that property forever. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew it was a good property. I had seen great deer where I was sitting. Uh, I'd seen great bucks where I was sitting. And, uh, but when we moved that, I remember the first night I hunted it, yeah. or the first morning I hunted it, I called you right after. I'm like, dude, I saw 40 deer. I know. And, uh, and yeah, two nights later, um, we were headed out of town to go to Arkansas and, and I really wanted to get it done before we left. I hate going and traveling on vacations and stuff and having that anxiety of, I got to get home to shoot a deer. Yeah. And, uh, and so I really wanted to get it done before that I had that deer come out and, uh, knew I shot him a bit forward. But I saw blood pumping, knew he was dead, knew it was a great shot. And uh, that SK2, and I'm I'm always been skeptical on fixed blades. Uh, I've shot, or on uh, expandables, I've shot fixed for a long time. And uh, that expandable busted through both shoulders on that on that big body, uh, almost a Texas big body Kansas white tail deer. Yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. Grant, how many how many animals did you kill with an SK2? <laughs> <laughs> well, this was this was in. Uh, are you talking about with the same arrow and same broadhead? Same, yeah, yeah, yeah. 18. So there was, I think, <laughs> 20, eighteen in an hour. I think. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, bro. I, I had, uh, let's see, I think it was in, it was within 24 hours. I just wanted to see if I could do this because we were trying to thin some does out uh, in northern Missouri, and then you also have um, two fall turkey tags there, and so I shot. Let's see what I shoot first. Oh, with that little divergent, I shot a, a Tom at 61 steps in the, in the bean field. I mean, just dropped him right above the drumstick, just dropped him, went out there. It was early in the hunt. So I got him up, pulled him into my blind. So nothing seen him laying out there. So he was chilling and threw in him on the grill in the blind. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was chilling with me in the blind. So I, I look at my broadhead and it's, it's good. And I've got a couple of, of, you know, retention clips. What are those flight locks? Flight locks, yeah. I got a couple of flight locks in my bag. I'm like, I'm just going to put this arrow back in action. So it was, there was snow on the ground. I cleaned it off, pulled the feathers out of it, put a flight lock back on it. A doe comes out later on. It's getting close to the to dark. And I shoot her at like 30 yards. She dies in the field. Then I go get it. It's still good. I'm like, I'm going to try and shoot something else with this. It just became like a goal to shoot something else with it that next day i had the biggest tom i've ever killed i think it had i think it had like a after we measured like a 12 and a half or 12 and a quarter inch beard big My lands it was a big bird and uh he come it's out about as long as gabe's <laughs> yeah about as long as gabe's beard on his face for sure <laughs> but but yeah we uh and almost as long as nate's mullet <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I shot that one. So within 24 hours, I'd killed three different animals with the same arrow and same broadhead. Just change the clips out. Now, that's what I wanted to say, though, is you said you overthink all of your gear. And uh, 
you know, I, I have a problem and, and I call it a problem with being a gear junkie because I constantly want to change my gear and I constantly overthink it. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. maybe I should shoot this side or no, I'm going to yeah. switch back to this. It'll be the middle of season and I'll be switching sights and rest or whatever and having to recite my bow. And just cause I, I overthink everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm just that type of gear junkie. And, uh, and that's part of why I love shooting a recurve mm-hmm. is find an arrow, find a broadhead and shoot, yep. you know, that's, that's it. And, uh, and I've tried my hardest throughout this process to not overthink anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and my friend Chris Perino, uh, who's been on before and he's coming on for the trad series, he says that he's like, "Man, I don't, I don't know what works for everybody else. I don't, I'm not the best guy to talk to about arrow selection and 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 you know what bow to choose." He's like, "I found what works for me 20 years ago, and I shoot that." And uh, yeah. and so that's what I've been trying to do is just. I'll not look too far into it, but find an arrow that shoots good out of my out of my out of my comp or my recurve, and just shoot it, and not yeah. worry about anything else. And uh, and so I ordered like four different dozen kinds of arrows, mm-hmm. not four different dozens, four different kinds of arrows um, from Easton, and I've been shooting all of them. And and uh, I found that you know for me the four millimeter uh, axis, the new four millimeter axis flies like a stinking dart. Yeah, that's so I'm cool. not ever going to change it. That's just what I'm going to shoot. That's cool because you you know you kind of find from what I've heard, which I don't, I'm by no means, uh, an expert on traditional shooting, but you kind of just find what that bow likes, you know, and like you and I, for instance, we were shooting and I had a set of mm-hmm. recurve arrows built and you were shooting yours and it was shooting fine. But then you shot those arrows I had built out of your bow and it just literally shot it 10 times, better. 10 times better, you know? So that's kind of the cool deal of trying to find what works best for your bow. 10 times better. Um, so before we move on, let me give a quick thank you to my friends over at Selway. Uh, they make some of the finest recurve uh, quivers on planet Earth. Grant, look at that quiver right there. No, that's awesome. Custom made that quiver. Leather hood. They put the Hunting 101 podcast logo on it. Just an Love absolute it. awesome quiver. Um, go check out Selway Archery for all of your traditional quiver needs. Uh, I prefer, I, I personally prefer their slide on quiver, uh, because it acts as a dampener for your limbs, uh, while holding your arrows. So, uh, go check out Selway, uh, because they make the finest quivers on planet earth. Uh, now gentlemen, what is our, I want to talk through the name change. So we recently were known as kill and eat TV. Um, and, and this is the first year, 2021 is the first year we switched the name to the way um the way tv the way outdoors whatever you want to say uh so gabe walk us through the process of that name change and kind of uh why we decided to go a different route why we decided to change it up for sure dude so i'm actually sitting in the same chair behind the same desk in my office as i was when we had that conversation man and uh i was thinking about that today dude that was just one of those moments you just feel like you know you made the right pivot and uh, how it just came about is, you know, we, we kind of had the discussion and it was just like, where are we at right now with this and, and where do we want to go? And after having that discussion, we all jumped on a call and I'll never forget, man, that feeling like, I believe it was Grant that said, you know, we knew we wanted to work long term with Bear Archery because it's a lifelong dream and, and who better to work with than them. And in that, in that conversation, Grant said, you know, the way, and when he said that, I think it was like, kind of like a, a light bulb moment for everybody. And that's like one of the moments that, you know, like you'll never forget because I feel like we're on a journey now and, uh, it's just going to be the way forever, man. Uh, mm-hmm. I really feel that way. It was just, it's special in that moment, man. I just knew it was just like, you just had that well up inside of you, like, let's do this, man. It's because that's what we do it for, man. It's the way Fred Bear did it, and that's what we're trying to do, man. As we reach back and we start grabbing these trad bows, man, it just feels so good to think about the reason we do it and just getting back to the simple way of doing things. Yeah. So, what would you guys say? What would you guys say is when you hear the Fred Bear way? Um, what does that mean to to each of you guys? So I would say, again, man, on that, when I hear that, I instantly think of Fred Bear, obviously, but the guy who did so much for archery and made archery what it is today, and then representing the company that keeps his memory alive, and just thinking, you know, I always think back to what he said, you know, 
our your grandparents and all of us, you know, we sat underneath a tree in plaid. We didn't wear camo. All they were concerned about is just killing the right animal, man, just being out there, you know, and, and just going back to what you say, just keeping everything simple. And so when I hear that, I just think of simplicity, really. Just hunt. Keep it simple. Yeah. Nate? I mean, Gabe pretty much nailed it right there. You know, I just, um, I kind of think of, you know, the, like he said, just the traditional ways of, uh, you know, today it seems like hunting is getting a little more, oh, I don't know the right word for this. I'm good at making up words, but marketized, you know, they, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just the Fredbear way to me is just, it's just, you know, the traditional way of the sport and, 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 and the, the way of life back, you know, back in that day. But yeah, Gabe kind of pretty much hit that on the head. And that goes back to me, the same with being like that gear junkie of just like, you know, let's forget about, I, I'm so bad about what are they shooting? Why do they shoot it? How do they shoot it? Uh, I'm so bad about that. And, and that was part of it for me. It was like, I just want to forget about everybody else and what they're shooting and why they shoot it and how they shoot it and where they shoot it. And, and I just want to, to enjoy the sport for what it is. Um, so sure. I take my recurve out and I miss the target a lot. <laughs> but but for me, it's just getting back to that, you know, being a kid out flinging arrows and, and, you know, I don't have to overthink everything on my bow and, and, uh, you know, I've still got a compound to overthink everything on and I still shoot my compounds what I hunted with in Texas, uh, on our last hunt. But, but just that, that joy of just going out and just launching arrows and, uh, and having a good time doing it. That's absolutely what it means to me of just, of just hunting for the joy of it. Um, Grant. I think just kind of to give you a short answer, I think the Fred bear way to me means just doing things the right way, you know, because, and I've watched some of his, his just classic videos on, on just how he built a bow and, and, uh, all of the passion that went into it, you know, I mean, he, he literally had a relentless pursuit to get it perfectly. Uh, I guess that's, Shout out to Tim Wells, relentless pursuit. <laughs> but I mean, he just he had a just a passion to make sure it was right because he was talking about the different process with the fiberglasses and and how he would go and and he was it was trial and error. But the Fred Bear way was staying at it until it was done hundred percent right, you know. And I think it, the lineage of all of his creations speaks to that. That we're we're going back to shoot a bow this year, uh, the Magrazer bow that was brought that up he created himself. years and years yeah. and years ago. And that means something to me, you know, I, yeah. mean, I think that's, that's really, really cool that we're able to do that and be a part of a company that has that kind of history. You know, there's a lot of companies that are kind of here today, gone tomorrow, but yeah. dude, we are with the company. In my right. And then, then to now have Eichler on board, dude, it's like, you know, the legend Fred bear. And now we're, now we've got a, a living legend. <laughs> he's one, he's one of my favorite people of all time, man. And I told him this, uh, I told him this, uh, we recorded just a couple of days ago and, uh, and I told him that, and, and, you know, he's the kind of guy that he didn't accept this compliment, but it, we recorded the day after the Super Bowl, And I said, you know, I think of you as the, the, uh, the Tom Brady of bow hunting. Yeah. And, uh, just that kind of, That's of, a great comparison. just that kind of, of, and I don't want to say dominancy because again, we're not competing against each other, but, uh, just that kind of iconic. That being said, no, that's competing against each other. That that literally kind of sums him up for me. I've never met the guy. I never talked to the guy. All I've done my whole life is watch him on TV and mm -hmm. just be like, that is one cool cat. Because every person you see him around, it's just like he treats him like a friend. Yeah, you know, and that's what I think is so cool. Just the realness of who he is. You know, I literally the first time I ever talked to him. I literally said to Alec, um, I said, I think he thought I was somebody else because he talked to me like we had been friends forever. Yeah. I said, I think he thought I was somebody else. Those are the guys that last. Yes, absolutely. And those are the guys that make the biggest impact with you, with, with the, the listener, the viewer, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, those are the guys. And I believe that's who Fred Eichler, or uh, I believe that's who Fred Bear was because everybody that I've talked to that had a personal relationship with him, said that you know you run into him and he talks to you like he's known you his entire life you know like i've met you once before yeah um but that's why he had such a deep impact with everybody is because what was that one picture i think did you post it not long ago or or maybe it was bear that posted it but 
No, I think it was you. I think you were in a, a, one of his friends' house, and yes. he wrote on there. Harv Ebers. Yeah, t- um, just just tell about the what he wrote on the p- picture, and that kind of so, tells who he so, is. So Harv, Harv was hunting uh, moose, and he shot the new world record moose. And, <laughs> uh, and he had the world record moose for four days. Uh-huh. And he was back home. And so he had just, he, he's holding the new world record moose and, and he's had it for four days now. And, uh, and he gets a postcard in the mail from, from none other than Fred bear. And, uh, it's a picture of him with a giant moose and it says not a giant, but will feed a hungry camp, your friend, Fred. And, uh, what made that postcard so funny was that was the moose that broke the world record. <laughs> and so Harv had the world record for four days. That's funny. Gets a postcard from Fred and says, uh, not a world, re- not a, not a, not a giant, but it'll do pretty much. And, uh, <laughs> but he took the world record from him and he's the one that he chose to send that to. That's him so to. awesome. But, uh, no, and that's, so I will share kind of, um, I will share kind of why the way um, came to Bear Archery. We were we were between bow sponsors, and I was just tired of bouncing around. Um, I was tired of being a gear chaser and a gear junkie. And for me, Bear Archery is where it all began. Bear Archery was was my first passion, my first love. It was the first bow that that I bought with my own money that I customized that I that I spent time studying what 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 rest and and sights and strings and. And so that was the first bow that I really fell in love with building a bow. Yeah. And, uh, and so when we were between bow, bow sponsors, I, uh, I just thought, man, there's no way, but I'm going to give it a shot. And so I called bear archery and, uh, and met still to this day, one of my buddies, um, Gary, who's no longer with the company, but, uh, and, and we just hit it off, man. We built this, this, just relationship. And, and, uh, and so we started working with Bear as a sponsor of the show and, and about three years in, I just realized, you know, much like Gabe said, um, we want to be with Bear long term. And the Hunting 101 podcast was recently with Powderhook, um, who was a friend of a, a, a corporate partner of Bear Archery's. And so I had worked with Bear from the podcast, too. And and they were familiar with the podcast and, and they were familiar with Powderhook. And well, Powderhook went through some company changes. And basically, I had the opportunity to take the podcast and run. And so. Uh, being it that I, that I had worked with bear on the TV show for three years and that, that I had worked with them on the podcast, some as a sponsor and, a, and just a friend, um, I approached them with the podcast and so they took it on. And, and so now I get to, to host the, the bear archery hunting one-on-one podcast, which is a dream come true. Um, now I don't plan on, on ever leaving bear archery. I don't plan on going anywhere else. Um, you know, like Gabe said, we've kind of found our home. Mm-hmm. We've kind of found, you know, this is where we belong and uh what does it mean for you guys um and we've kind of already talked through the sentimental stuff but uh what does it mean for you guys to be with a company like bear man how how to put that in the words i don't know but just to say to know the company personally like to you know we went to texas with with alec which is the marketing director of at bear archery and it's just like what more to say about that guy dude he's literally spend a week with him and, and he feels like a lifelong friend, you know? Yeah. So if those are the type of people, he's going to get really offended when you said he feels like a lifelong friend and not that he is a lifelong friend. Dude, well, you know, from now <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. So it's just like, when I, when I look at the people behind this company and Alec, you know, it's just like, dude, why wouldn't we spend the rest of our lives with a company like this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. So, Gabe, I got to ask you, and you're the only one that, that uh, well, may, maybe Nate, we've got some friends over at Rebel 6, and they have, we have built this new uh, segment of the show called Cooking 101, or Wild Game 101, whatever you want to call it, um, presented by our good friends over at Rebel 6. What Rebel 6 does is they make different seasonings for different games. So you can get sweet bear seasoning, you can get spicy venison, you can get Midwest fish, you can get... Uh, spice i mean there's there's all different kinds of, of spices and seasonings and they're all built for specific game in in specific regions of the country um so awesome people go check them out but gabe uh share with me your favorite way to prepare um wild game maybe your favorite single meal you've ever had um of wild game you know last year in texas uh last year not this year last year in texas we ended up eating what 
eight different kinds of animals in one a night. A lot of different animals, including <laughs> I mean, including rattlesnake. And that was my first taste of rattlesnake. Uh, <laughs> now, so so share with me, you know, just maybe one of your favorite meals, maybe a, a way you like to prepare a wild game. Gabe, just tell them how you make deer nuggets. That's my favorite thing you make. I know it's kind of simple, but that's like my favorite thing. I like simple. That one's easy right there, dude. And that's as simple as just you cut up backstrap or whatever you got into just small chunks and roll it in flour. Don't even worry about an egg. Just throw it in flour. It'll it'll grab that flour right up. And you just deep fry it like that, dude. And, I mean, you talk about good right there. That oh, is awesome. That's hands down a top favorite right there. But here's my all-time. Get your notebooks out boys and girls grab grab your notebooks kids get your cell phones up you're gonna want to write this down did nate just click a pin <laughs> who clicked the pin i'm ready let's do it <laughs> so check this out you're gonna take a back strap lay it on a piece of tin foil then you're gonna just pour some olive oil all over that tin foil and then you just cut a slice right down the center of that back strap and then you're going to butterfly it to where it lays open. Are you following me, boys? Hang on. I got to catch up. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. You, you butterfly that back strap open. Then you're going to take pineapples, any kind of vegetables you want. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pineapple? Pineapples, for sure. You got it, dude. Can you, can okay. you spell that, please? Pin, pineapple, apple, pin. <laughs> vegetables, bell peppers, onions, garlic, any of that stuff. You chop it up. You lay it on top of there. Then you're going to fold the butterflied backstrap back over the top of it, okay? And then you're going to take bacon, wrap it all the way down that backstrap, put toothpicks oh through it. That sounds incredible. Oh, dude, my mouth's watering right now. Okay, and then you close that up. Close that up. Wrap the tinfoil up around it. Throw that thing on a smoker. Throw it on a grill. You could cook it in the oven. It don't matter when it's wrapped up in that tinfoil like that. But I'm telling you, you let that thing cook until that temp ri rises to about 140 degrees. So you can just you can actually just dive a thermometer right through the tinfoil into the meat. Get your temp that way. When it gets to 140 degrees, pull that sucker off. And actually, I'd pull it off right at that 135, 140 because the temperature is going to rise for just a little bit. And uh, dude, you can't you can't get more juicy than that because when all that pineapple. And all those vegetables get to flowing, man. It's just like unreal. But that now right I know that will change. I know, I know Grant's favorite wild game meal. Uh, we experienced it together. That venison smokehouse sandwich. Um, that that venison smokehouse sandwich. It was a smoked venison meatloaf sandwich. Oh my! Uh, had mashed potatoes, fried onions. Oh my lord! That literally. I mean, barbecue sauce. That would have to be that would be the number one wild game meal I'd ever eat in my life. Now that's really not fair though because it was cooked by a top ten chef in America. Yeah. Um, but it, it was it was fantastic. I I fell in love with it. But uh, dude, I, I dude, it's on on eleven o'clock and I'm about to go in the house and start cooking right now. <laughs> <laughs> that my, that that wasn't going on. What do you call that? A sandwich or a burger or what? Uh, I think he calls it the smokehouse sandwich. A smokehouse sandwich. I said when, whenever we first ate that, that thing was so good that if you put that on the top of your head, your tongue would beat your brains out trying to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I found uh, I found myself always going back to talking about wild game uh, because I'm a huge proponent of eating wild game and and uh, and being you know experimental with different uh, wild game recipes and so. Finally partnered up with my friends over at Rebel Six, um, so we could kind of start sharing these things with you, and uh, and giving you guys some ideas of, of how to incorporate those things. Now, uh, before we wrap up, what is our new plans for 2021? Uh, moving into this, I know we've got ways to kind of reformat the show, uh, which first off uh, can be found as a Masio Go exclusive. So if you want to watch the Way TV, head over to Masio Go, find us there start checking it out but we do have a, a new way we're, we're going to format the show um and do it different um not different as in like groundbreaking revolutionary but different than we've done before um so what do we got planned for 2021 on the film side uh on the on the show side but then hunting plans what do we got going 
how about the Avelina hunt boys? I'm excited to see that air, uh, happen down in Texas. And I only say that cause it's your kill. Dude, listen, I can only talk about what I, <laughs> I didn't know you guys killed anything in Texas, did you? <laughs> Bro, I don't have any arrows left. What are you talking about? No, for real, though, I did watch Dylan stick a cactus with a trad bow. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is part of the... Uh, now. Bro, you can eat cactus. Now, I will say this. I missed my target and hit a, and hit a cactus, but <laughs> but I will say... That's part of the joy of shooting a trad bow is you can just walk out and say, oh, look at that rock and shoot it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably not rocks, more soft targets, but. No, rocks are fun, <laughs> dude. It's like a game of roulette. You know, yeah, you, you rocks, that- you'll have lots of carbon brooms mm-hmm. to use around the house. Then. What I, do you got? The Havelina hunt, Gabe. Go on with it. Also, yeah, man, it's, I've been, I self-filmed that. And I've, I found myself doing that a lot lately. And it's not been a bad thing. I mean, let me just say this. Let me just say this about the Havelina hunt. You see the SK2 disembowel a Havelina. Yeah, that was the craziest thing. You simultaneously shot it and field dressed it at the same time. (laughs) Literally. It was crazy. It was crazy. Nate hasn't got the footage, I don't think, yet. He might have, but when you see that, Nate, it is unbelievable. That thing, how it just immediately. The insides of that javelina were outside. And what was, now, what was all? It's kind of funny, which Gabe didn't even Gabe wasn't even aware of this, but you know we only had uh, the green light on one javelina, and yeah, so particular ranch. So yeah. me, you, and Alec are stalking a javelina, a group of javelinas, uh, so he can shoot it. Yeah, you remember what <laughs> and, I said? And while we're stalking it, we hear. I'm like, okay, we're done. <laughs> Grant said, okay, never mind. We're done here. And uh, and so we went from like being stealth mode, stocking up on some heavies to like, okay, never mind. Let's go back. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't much of a track job. And it wasn't even like, you know, usually when you shoot an animal with a bow, if it drops right there, something wrong happened. I mean, but you yeah. shot that thing like right behind Dead the nuts. shoulder. I mean, it just. And it just knocked the thing to the ground. It was amazing. And, and he was quartered away too. So it just, it caught yeah. everything. Add. But, you know, another cool thing is I was self-filming that, and you know how we we had to brush those blinds in yeah. so tight. I mean, there was just like a little black hole. We'd leave one I posted way. a picture. I posted a picture of your window. Yeah, that's um, right. I posted a, a video of you dancing, uh, <laughs> and, and you could see through the little bitty window. But I had my camera propped up in that window with a tripod and had to shoot right beside it. So you can actually see, it looks like the arrow is coming out of the camera lens, which made for some cool footage. So that's going to be fun. For now, sure. does anybody have any kind of big travel hunts planned for 2021 yet? Yeah, we'll be going back to uh, Colorado for elk. And uh, uh, Gabe, you doing, are you are you mule deer hunting this year? I think I'm going to go elk hunting. Elk hunting. I have a um, public land mule deer in Nebraska planned. Really? So that's going to be fun. Yeah, that's a new deal. That's what's kind of cool is every year we kind of peel back a new page on something else mm-hmm. we're doing, which that's that's super exciting. Well, this year it was literally, and I told you that earlier, it was literally like my mind's on bear and that's it. Mm-hmm. But now that I have um, checked that off, which again, I don't, I'm, I'm not done. I, I'm, I'll, I'll circle back to those. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm done, I can move on. You know, it, yeah. it's almost like finally you know i can yeah, i can hunt something else but you definitely want to keep going back and doing it but yeah you got the monkey off your back yeah absolutely. no i i think probably um talking about what's coming up in 2021 quickly what is becoming my favorite place just about to go is south texas with with Poe oh, brothers yeah. guide service i mean just it's a blast just love it man and it's like uh, our home Oh, when we rolled up in there it was like we were home yeah just it's, you. Yeah, that's how they make you feel there i mean they're just Awesome people. I mean, we went out and had dinner at, the, at a restaurant there in town. Just laugh with those guys. And I mean, they're just super, super Play, awesome people. Play and Miss Holly. Those are some I awesome absolutely people. hate. I absolutely hate that Nate had surgery. Um, and, oh, and this was such a, and you know, I feel so bad cause it was such a, a short cause you guys hadn't even planned on coming. This was a me and Alec thing. And, oh, yeah. and we we're actually going to take our dads, me and Alec, we're going to go with our dads and, and his dad, um, his dad had a, uh, tours ACL. My dad lost his dad. And so, uh, so it was like, well, crap, what do I do? I got to fill two spots and, and, or, or 
you know, I got to, I got to fill these spots and fill some void here. And so I, I called all three of you guys and I felt so bad. Nate had just had a hernia surgery and, uh, couldn't come, but it wasn't the same without you there, buddy. I appreciate that fellas. His every mullet. time, cause every time you pull your, every time you step out of a truck, Leonard Skinner starts playing bald Eagle starts <laughs> on it. on ahead. No, uh, it was a blast, man. And, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next time we get to go and, and I promise you it won't be short notice next time, boys. Yeah, I know. It's sure. exciting. Literally, this is what happened. I got to tell this story. So I called uh, late at night. I mean, pretty pretty late. I mean, I think Nate was the first one I called. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but I think because I called him at like 7 and uh, 7 p.m. Called, texted you guys like 10 p.m. <laughs> you two in a group message and said, hey, if either of you want to go, we're leaving tomorrow. You know, let's roll. Bro. And Grant, the next one, I never heard from him that night. I literally, my, I'd already, hold on. <laughs> no, I already went to bed and Dylan's like, Hey, I thought Dylan was leaving the next morning. I'm like, I got up the next morning. I'm like, no, I stinking missed this text message last night or this call. And he's leaving this morning. And I have missed this opportunity to jump in and go to South Texas. Cause I'm just like, so, so I was ready. So know? Nate had already given me a no. And I texted you guys at, you know, 10 o'clock and didn't get an answer back. And I'm like, man, I guess they, I guess they're out too. And, uh, that next morning, like 6 AM, uh, maybe wasn't that early. Not six. I think it was the sun had just started to crest over. So seven, so 7 (laughs) AM somebody's banging on my door and I'm like, what in the heck? So I get out of bed and uh walked the door and it's grant and he thought i'd already left so he got to the house as quick as he could i was like bro i'm like we're not leaving till tomorrow night i was like okay just had to make sure go ahead and pencil me in brother (laughs) i'm like we're not leaving till tomorrow night he's like okay well yeah i'm still gonna go i'm like okay yeah like well i'm going back to bed so leave my house (laughs) no it was a good time though uh and i'm definitely looking forward to it nate you going back to western kansas you betcha. I've kind of turned into a little goat freak, so they're always on my mind. That's awesome. <laughs> now, now, when are you going to uh, – you have any plans to venture out of Kansas and, and hunt antelope? Um, well, I'm trying to convince my dad to go on an elk hunt this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, eventually. Um, that's, that's, that's my next want-to-do hunt to be an elk hunt in Colorado. Um now, with you being an or, antelope freak, you need to kill a black buck antelope down there in Texas. Yeah, no joke. Oh, no, that's what I, we're doing. That's another thing I just forgot about, the 2021. Access. Going June. In June, we're going. Yeah, for, I can't go. But you can't go? No. Man. And I don't think we've told Nate about that. Yeah, well, Nate, uh, here's a little FYI. <laughs> <laughs> in June, we're all going after Axis, so pencil that in. We don't give the very best uh, uh, wake up calls for travel plans, but that's what we're doing, and that's 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 no weird part of the way outdoors. (laughs) Yeah, Axis is like um, free range. Yeah, but it's what's crazy about Axis is when right now they're just now starting to come out of velvet. I guess Um, we saw several in velvet, and so they're in the rut in the middle of june july mm-hmm. is what they were telling us yep so really? we're gonna go we're gonna go hunt the axis rut no and, i would absolutely love to go man but uh we've got uh the pope and young convention in reno oh yeah well duty calls yep no that is exciting though um nate i want to ask you this real quick so when you're going and hunting those antelope out there what what are you doing are you are you spotting stalking are you setting up on water holes or how, how are you hunting those things in western kansas um well we're we're kind of blessed with having a lot of permission out there um but so we 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 first find a herd um and it depends on what's around surroundings but most of the time it's a spot and stock um we we have hunted up water holes but it's not real good uh-huh. as far as my experience but most of ours is spot and stock oh yeah and is that how you killed that one this last year um actually we 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 tried something new this year um and it, ha- it was kind of a purpose situa- situation um but we had some goats in the middle of a field and on either side of it uh, was corn and, and of course they they hang out in the dirt fields but um mm-hmm. eventually 
you know, we thought they'd have to go to water. So we actually, me and my uncle posted up on opposite corners and uh, waited for him to cross. And that's, oh, that's how cool. basically I shot mine. Kind of ambushed him. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Now, uh, how far did you end up shooting that antelope? Uh, this year, I shot mine at 43 yards. And that's what's so great about that uh, that React Trio, man, is you can dial it right to 43 and let it rip. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, now, what happened on that hunt, Nate? Because you texted me um, something, uh, whatever it was, there was something um, that had happened where you uh, didn't like the trio or something. What happened there? Okay, so um, so that, that scenario I just explained, we actually did that twice, a friend up killing mine. Um, so the first time, um, they came – like they read a script, you know, they right at me, uh, this buck was chasing these two does across the field straight at me and they got within, um, I ranged the corn stalk or, uh, some type of stock out there. Um, my 50 yard mark. So I knew when they were getting close. So I dialed my, I sight to 50 and, uh, when I pulled back, he decided he wanted a bumper again. So they bumped 20 yards within a couple seconds. So I had to let back down so I can readjust my sight. That was, other than that, I mean, I, I love the trio. I mean, it gives you a lot of, you know, different, uh, when the opportunity changes, you know, you can adapt to it. So there for a minute, uh, on that hunt, you were frustrated with the trio, but, uh, ended up working out for you, which, uh, I was thrilled. You know, he texted me and I'm like, man, something Nate's having trouble down here, man. And, uh, but then he texted me back. I think it was like two hours later. He's like, never mind, Got one. We're good. <laughs> I just started laughing. I'm like, man, he went from, he went from ready to change everything about his bow setup and saying, never mind, we're good. Got him. <laughs> Nate, have you ever heard that trick? I've heard these goat hunters talk about if you just take a hat or something and you just wave it out there over the crest of a hill that those antelope will actually take off and just come right to you. Have you heard that? Okay. So I, we heard that from a farmer, uh, my first year going up there. Um, and we've tried it. Uh, we couldn't get nothing, um, to react, Dude, but I tried I that on a whitetail this year and it didn't work at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you that there, I don't know if you guys seen these, there's a, they're called be the decoy. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. It's like the hat you put on. Oh, it's, it's, it's so cool the way that, you know, yeah, you go out there and act like an antelope and, uh, you do what you act like an antelope, like you're milling around, you know, and you wait how for that. It, how does an antelope, how does an antelope, <laughs> I would show you, you out, right now, but I've got a picture in my head. Do you get out on all fours and like, send us a video, Nate, <laughs> Nate has one made custom made for his mullet. It just hangs right back. Yeah, that was a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we've had some luck with that. It's actually uh, pretty cool to watch. You know, they 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 come at I you full blast get, and try to I run you off. I almost guarantee, antelope or not, watching you out in the field act like an antelope oh, is fun to watch. Absolutely. So so tell me, like, what what is the what's the decoy like? What do you uh, do? Well, what do you mean? Is it a hat you put on? Yeah, yeah. So there's a brown shirt, and then there's a, a foam hat you stick on. <laughs> Bro, can you imagine me out there? That that would freak those sneaking antelopes out. They'd be like, that is the world's largest. That antelope ate two other antelopes. <laughs> oh that gosh. is incredible. I did not Nate, even know there was such a put thing. it on and send me a picture. Uh, okay. <laughs> like right now while we're doing this podcast. <laughs> No, um, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you know, again, like everything, we do everything. That was a really quick segue into the ending. <laughs> I got to wrap this up. I, I said in the beginning, this would get away Smooth. from me. I said in the beginning, this would get away from me. It certainly has. Uh, we're talking about Nate, you know, wearing, wearing Lord knows what. Um, <laughs> it's only been, it's only midnight, dude. Let's keep this up. That's uh, we'll make this into part one, part two, and part three. <laughs> we will not. <laughs> no, but uh, again, just like everything else we do, this was such short notice. I uh, texted you guys today at 7. It's now 11, and we're recording, and I'm like, hey, we got to do this today. So, um, But that's just how we roll, and uh, that's okay because it works sometimes. Not really, but <laughs> we get by. 
No, guys, but thank you so much for coming on. Uh, again, uh, stay tuned and get ready for next week because we do launch that trad series, uh, episode one being with Jim Willems, um, who is the past president of Pope and Young, a recurve freak. Um, he is shot. This is how he worded it to me, boys. He said, how many animals do you have in the books? He said, oh, I don't know. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I wish I have shot enough animals to have lost count. Yeah, no joke. Um, of how many animals I have in the book. So, uh, but, but just a legend and he's going to teach us, um, starting off episode one of how to choose a trad bow and then moving in again, we've just got some legends, uh, coming on and talk with us about shooting a recurve. So, uh, get ready for that launching next week. Um, before we go, I do need to give a quick thank you to our friends over at minus 33 Merino wool. Uh, I know all three of you guys, um, have some experience with, with, uh, Minus 33, and if you don't wear merino wool, um, you're missing out, and, and minus 33 just does it well. Yeah, I love it, man. I wear it every day. So I'm wearing their socks right now. I uh, <laughs> I switched all my socks to minus 33 socks. So um, I, I'm a merino wool believer, have been for, for hey, better part of five years. Let me just ask years. the rest of you guys this. Do you guys remember that time when Dylan was like, hey, uh, minus 33 is going to send us some socks to check out? Did any of you guys ever get any of those socks? Never seen one pair. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> and Dylan just like, yeah, I just recently switched all my socks over to minus. Listen, I can show you my drawer. I've got seventy-four pairs. I know this, and I know where they came from. And if you could fit your your big old paw of a foot into a size nine sock, you could have some. Yeah, I would. I would like to, but that's Dylan. When you that order them for all of us, you could have checked our. <laughs> you could have checked our shoe sizes, man. No, uh, you're uh, right. If any, I could have. From minus thirty three is listen. Uh, mine's size thirteen. I could have, but I didn't want to. I wanted to wear them. So, <laughs> um, no, go check out minus thirty three um, because I'm a huge merino guy and they do it well. So, uh, guys, thank you for jumping on tonight, and uh, you guys have a great week. Thanks for listening.